Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renewed Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. So that, that we just recognize it, we realize it, and, and uh, we just believe that God's going to do some great, great things today in this service. I'm so glad that you're here. Again, if you're a visitor this morning, take a minute, fill out that connection card. Um, it, it's the card that has the little perforated tab with the ugly guy on the back of it. Just fill that piece out, and you can you know, put that in the box on your way uh, out this morning. Let me start with this, uh, this little uh, story this morning. You guys ready this morning? You guys excited to hear the word? I hope, I hope. You ready for Christmas? You guys ready for, uh, you got all your shopping done? <laughs> no. Uh, you ready for some um, eggnog? Like, I hate eggnog all year long, but I'm like dying for some eggnog. I'm craving some eggnog right now. I'm going to Publix right after church. I'm going to, to get me some eggnog. I think they sell eggnog at Publix. I don't know. Um, non-alcoholic eggnog, for those of you that are asking. That's the way I do it. All right, so there's this little boy, eight years old, and um, he, his birthday was in December. Anybody have those December birthdays? Oh, man, I'm so sorry for those of you. Isn't that the toughest, toughest thing to share your birthday with Jesus? It's like, how do I do that? And, and not to mention, like, you oftentimes you get kind of ripped off, don't you? Let's be honest. If your birthday is in the month of December, especially close to the 25th, you kind of feel get, like you get ripped off. It's one of those things where it's the two biggest days in the month. And for this little boy, he's eight years old. I mean, it was a bad thing because he, he had seen what had happened those first several years of his birthdays. And this was going to be different, though. He was believing for a bike for his birthday. And, and or Christmas, but really he was thinking it was going to come for his birthday. It was a couple days before Christmas, and he was like, man, I can't wait. I want this bike. He was praying for it, and his birthday came, and guess what was uh, in those presents all wrapped up beautifully? Clothes. Clothes and a Lego kit. Isn't that sad? Like, eight-year-old kid, mom and dad, what were you thinking? Grandpa, step in. Somebody help out. Get that kid a bike. He didn't get a bike. But he hadn't given up hope yet because his birthday was just, uh, I mean, it happened and then the Christmas just a couple days away. And so this boy was a, 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 a boy of faith. He was a praying kid. He had the gift of praying and, and uh, gift of faith. And he kneeled down at his bedside this night, just a couple of days before Christmas. He kneeled down at his bed. Everybody had gone to sleep and the house was quiet. And um, in this combined effort of faith, along with frustration and desperation, with only a few days before the big day, and he really knew that he had to have that bike. If he didn't get that bike on that day, it, was, it, it may not happen. Like it, It's possible that he wouldn't get it for another 12 months, and he had to have that bike. So in an effort of prayer and faith, but combined with frustration and desperation, he's kneeling at his, his, at his bed, and all of a sudden he decides to get up, to go down the stairs, quietly slip down the stairs, and he walks towards the, the nativity scene there in the living room, the big, beautiful nativity scene, and he finds there uh, Mary. And Mary's there in front of the nativity scene. You guys know about Mary, right? And, and Mary's um, got baby Jesus, and then there's Joseph and the shepherds and everybody at the nativity scene. But he just carefully and quietly, he takes Mary and picks her up and secretly and quietly walks back up the steps uh, 
quietly walks back into his bedroom and he takes a, a, a t-shirt and he takes Mary and he carefully wraps Mary into this t-shirt and gently places Mary into the bottom of his drawer and he goes back to his bed and he kneels and he says, God, please, I really, I've, I've really been wanting one of these and I, I hate that it comes down to this, but if you ever want to see your mother again, <laughs> uh, y'all, don't, y'all didn't like that. Some of y'all are too serious today. <laughs> All right. That was a joke, man. Come on. Thank you. I mean, like, I'm never coming back to this church if that's the way they treat Mary. It was a joke. All right, so we're going to read the Christmas story. And it starts in Luke chapter 2, Luke Skywalker chapter 2, a long, long time ago in a Galilee far, far away. Well, uh, maybe not, but here's how it goes. Can you see this? Can you see the words? Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 20. I feel like I'm standing in front of them. I hope not. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house in the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. And she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. There was just no place for Jesus or his mother and father. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. They were terrified, the word says. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel. Can you imagine this great company? How, how vast this sky lit up with angels. And they began praising God. Not like we sometimes do on Sunday morning after a tough week. Like just kind of like half praising God. Like they were praising God. Saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off. They found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things, and they pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. This morning, I want to kind of focus in on these couple of verses. I want to focus in on this verse. An angel of the Lord, he appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. And they said this, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, 
peace to men on whom his favor rests. To those on whom his favor rests. This morning I want to talk to you a little bit about this glory of God. I want to focus on the glory of God this morning because the glory of God is important. The glory of God is what wet is to water. It's what heat is to fire. It's the product of God's presence. That's what the glory of God is. What's the glory of God? It's the product of God's presence. When God is in the place, the glory is in the place. You can't get around it. You can't, you can't avoid it. You can't ignore it. It's the revelation of God himself. And I want to talk to you about that, the glory of God. You see, for those shepherds, it was just going to be another night. It was just going to be another starry night. There wasn't much to the night for those shepherds. It was just another night of sheep and stars and stars and sheep. There wasn't anything else to it. Nothing crazy. The same thing they had seen the day before and the day before that. It was a mundane job. Like, yeah, every once in a while there was some excitement. Every once in a while, one of the sheep tried to break loose or a predator tried to come in or some, uh, one of the sheep got sick. But for the most part, it was a pretty boring, pretty simple, pretty mundane job until, until the angel of the Lord appears. I, I don't know if you can imagine with me for just a second this angel of the Lord, and I don't want you to put it up just yet, but I, I just need you to picture for a second the vastness of an angel, how powerful it is. I mean, do you have it in your mind right now? Do you have that? Like, like don't, don't underthink this, but I need you to think about God's like messengers. And I need you to picture this angel. I think we have one, a picture of him on the screen. Go ahead. Wow. Wow. Pretty intimidating, right? Y'all are like, what? No. I don't know why those, my mom loves those things, but that's not an angel. That's like a little baby with wings on, man. Take that thing down. I don't like that one. No, I need you to, I need you to get a picture of the angel of the Lord. I need you to get this being, this winged creature that shows up and the glory of God is reflected in this powerful glory-filled glow stick of a being with wings the size of these curtains that were flowing in a powerful way, not flapping like a hummingbird. That's not what an angel does. They flow. That's what they do. They flow, and somehow they float, and they just do what they do. The angel of the Lord is a big deal. Think about that for a minute, and then think about these shepherds for a minute. They're not easily terrified, but the word says they were terrified. They're not easily like afraid, but the word says that they were scared, I mean, these guys, they dealt with some pretty crazy stuff. They deal with the lions and the tigers and the bears. Oh, my. They deal with wolves and snakes and thieves. They were like Bible-time cowboys. That's what these shepherds were. They were sheep boys. Anybody ever met a, a cowboy? I've got family from Oklahoma. My uncle was a cowboy. He wore boots all the time. He wore those jeans, those Wrangler jeans that like literally were so starched you couldn't, they would stand up on their own. Like they were, he was a tough dude. My uncle wasn't as scared of anything. He, he was seriously that kind of guy. Like he would come at anything and it, just that attitude and that feeling of like invincibility. You know what I'm saying? And that's the way these shepherds were. They were Bible time cowboys. Protection was their livelihood. And I think that that's important to think about. First of all, that they were terrified. But second of all, I need you to think about the fact that, they, that God compares 
himself and, and David in the Psalms compares God to a great shepherd. Why? Because he protects. Why? Because he cares. Why? Because he's not scared. Why? Because he'll literally lay down his life for those sheep. That's what shepherds do. They weren't weak individuals. They defended the sheep from predators. But in the presence of this angelic being and the company of heavenly host, in the presence of all of these people, I need you to get the fact that they were terrified, that they were scared to death. I'm not the toughest dude around. I'm not a cowboy by any means. I'm not a shepherd in that sense. But there's not a lot of things that terrify me. Like, I can experience a bit of uncertainty, a bit of anxiety sometimes, but being terrified, I mean, first of all, it's because I don't put myself in really scary situations. You know, after eight o'clock, we lock up and set the alarms and everything, uh, maybe not that early, but like, I don't put myself into those like really scary situations. The, the shepherds, they, that's their job is to be in those scary situations. But I've never really like, I can't think to too many times when I've been actually like super terrified. But these guys were. And I just want to kind of reemphasize why. Why were they terrified? Because an angel of the Lord showed up. The glory of God shone around them and they were terrified by it. When's the last time you were terrified by the glory of God? When's the last time you were just literally in utter like, not like fear, terror, but like literally just like, wow, God, your glory fell. What a powerful thing that moment must have been for them. I want to mention one other thing about these shepherds. I want, to, I want to highlight one more thing as we kind of like study this passage for just a minute. Why did the angels go to the shepherd's field? Why did they, like, instead of not going to the temple or, or the palace or, you know, uh, the center of town, why didn't they go to Jerusalem? It was only a few miles further away. Like, why did they go to the shepherd's field? When they could have went to all these other places, why did they show up? And here's, first of all, why. I think as with David, the first shepherd king, God doesn't look at the same thing man does. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Here's what it says in 1 Samuel 16. It says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected them. The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Like, God knew who the leader was, and it wasn't any of David's older brothers. David was out in the field tending sheep like a shepherd, and God said, No, this guy is going to be the leader, the next king of Israel, the youngest in line. So God looks at the heart. He looks deeper. So he wasn't going to the palace. He wasn't going to the temple. He was going to that insignificant place out in the middle of a field to share with some shepherds that Jesus Christ was born. So the first reason is because God looks at the heart. The second reason is because Jesus, he was the shepherd king. In Matthew chapter 2, it says, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people, Israel. So I, I don't think it's a coincidence that the angel showed up at the shepherd field. I think that there was significance to that, that Jesus was a shepherd, and he was setting that example by even going and sending his angels to 
share the message through shepherds. So what do these guys do? Let's, let's kind of go to what happens next. When they, saw, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the, what the shepherds said to them. In other words, these shepherds, these nobodies started spreading the word. They started getting the message out to people, not just the sheep, but the people all around town, all around the vicinity. And these people were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. And as it was for the shepherds in those fields that night, we have to be those same kind of messengers. We have to be the same people, no matter how insignificant you may feel, how unimportant your position might be, I need you to know if the glory of God has shown up to you, you've got to take that message to other people around. Amen? Yes, yes, absolutely. Like, you've got to carry the message, it's that important. Because the palace and the temple wasn't where it's at. The angels went to where the sheep were. The angels went to the sheep field. Why? That's where the sheep are. And also, why at the sheep field? Because that's where the wolves are. That's where the wolves are. So sometimes it's important that we go to those places that maybe the, the, the least known or the least considered place to where the message should be carried. Why? Because that's where the sheep are, but that's also where the wolves are. So going into a dark place, into a dark corner, into a homeless area, and telling the good news, the gospel message of Jesus Christ, man, it is important, it is significant, and it is worth it. The sheep's only line of defense is this man with a staff. Their only line of defense, because let's face it, they're not the most intimidating creatures they're not the most powerful creatures. These weren't rams. They didn't have horns. They didn't have anything. They were just like big old, you know, walking cotton balls. They were fluffy little creatures, right? Their only line of defense was a man with a staff. Some people in your life, their only line of defense, their only protection, their only messenger, the only one that's going to help them is you. Whether you carry a staff or the word of God, or whatever it is, you've got to be that one that's going to carry that message and protect those sheep from that. We are shepherds in this world among sheep, among wolves, in the darkness, and we have the greatest message ever. It's a message that brings glory to God. So let's talk for just a minute. We've talked about the shepherd. We've talked about the angels. Let's talk about the glory of God for just a minute. I want to talk to you about how the glory of God is revealed. Number one, it's declared in creation. The glory of God is declared in creation. In Psalms chapter 19, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of His hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the end of the earth. In the heavens, God has pitched a tent for the sun. I need you to get this. The glory of God is revealed in all creation. Amen? In everything. And if you don't believe it, just look at this little picture behind me of this tiny little baby. The glory of God is revealed in baby Aniston Guilfoyle. I don't know if she's here today, but let's give her a round of applause because uh, she's our newest addition to Renew Church. She's just about a month old, and, and we're super proud of the Guilfoyle family and this tiny little baby. And the glory of God is revealed through baby Aniston. Like his, his, his divine qualities and his perfect nature is revealed, revealed through a helpless, tiny little six-pound 
baby. That's the glory of God being revealed in a child. The glory of God is revealed through the perplexity of species. The glory of God is revealed through the beauty of the sunrise. I think we have a picture of a Miami sunrise. And, and it's revealed through the, the, the beauty of a sunrise and the vastness of the oceans. The glory of God is revealed through the grandeur of mountains and all of nature and everything that you can see that your eyes can put your that you can put your eyes on the glory of God is revealed even through the tiniest of of uh, insects the amazing metamorphosis of a creepy crawly into a beautiful butterfly like the glory of God can be and is revealed in all of creation it's all the work of God's hands and he is a creator god Nothing he does, he does by mistake. Nothing he does, he does by accident. Everything he does reveals his glory. And I hope that you'll start to see it. I hope that you'll pay attention to it. I hope that you'll watch for it and say, God, to you be the glory for all the things that you've done and everything you've created. The glory of God is declared in creation. The glory of God is reminded to us in history. The glory of God is reminded to us in history. In Exodus chapter 33, Moses is there and he's trying to deliver the Israelites. And I I may summarize this, Josh. I may not actually get into the actual verses today. But Moses is is, uh, trying to get the Israelites from the promised land, from, from Egypt into the promised land. And they've been 40 years wandering in the wilderness. They're looking for water. They're looking for food. But really what they need more than anything else is the glory of God. So Moses is having this dialogue with God, and he's like, if your presence doesn't go with us, do not send us from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and your people unless you go with us? What will even distinguish us from the rest of the people in the world? Like, all we're going to look like is a bunch of nomads. All we're going to look like is a bunch of failures. Me and the million other people following me called the children of Israel, called the people of God. We're failing here, and we need you. And the Lord says, I will do the very thing you've asked because I'm pleased with you and I know you by name, Moses. And let me say this to you. He knows your name. He knows everything about you. He knows every detail of your life. And Moses says, then show me your, now show me your glory. And God does it. God shows him his glory. It's this amazing story. God is revealed. His glory is revealed in history and we can see that. To the point and place in which you can't even, like, you, you couldn't even be in the presence of God. He had to turn his back. God put him in this cleft of this rock, whatever a cleft is. He put him down in this, like, crack in the rock to protect him from the glory because the glory was so overwhelming. And I want to experience that glory even today. God's glory is declared in creation. It's reminded to us in history. But most importantly, the glory of God is proclaimed It's proclaimed in Jesus. It's proclaimed in Jesus. Luke chapter 2 says, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. That's us. That's you and me. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. So imagine again for just a moment. Nakeem, if you want to make your way back up, imagine again just a moment. It's pitch black. Another night in the hill country just outside the little town of Bethlehem. Imagine with me for just a second that you're just a shepherd. You're just a shepherd. You're looking to your life. Maybe you're looking back at your life and you're thinking to yourself, how did I get here? How did I find myself out here with these lousy, furry sheep? 
And, and imagine for just a second the, the feelings of, of overwhelmingness. Overwhelm, I don't even know the word I'm looking for, but imagine with me for just a second what happens when all of a sudden on just another night when nothing, nothing good, nothing exciting, anything is supposed to even happen, but all of a sudden the glory of God shows up and declares a message that's going to change history. It's going to change the world. Let me tell you, that moment, that wasn't just one moment. Like 2,000 years. How many Bibles have been printed, right? It's the most printed book. How many songs have been written? How many statues have been created? Like how much like has been done because of that moment? Whether you believe in Jesus, whether you recognize and acknowledge him as Lord and Savior, you have to at least acknowledge that he is the most famous man that has ever lived. Like, think about it. Rack your brain and, you know, yeah, there's those big monuments of those presidents. But do you know how many monuments, how many statues, how many pictures, how many depictions of art of Christ there are? How many books have been written? about Christ. In the Bible itself, how many times it's been printed and how many languages it's been printed. The glory of God is proclaimed. The glory of God is proclaimed in Jesus. And the message that these shepherds said is it's glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests this Christmas season in the midst of all the chaos in the midst of all the complications all the craziness everything that goes on if you want to experience his peace man you got to experience his favor if you want to experience his peace it says glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests do you have the favor of God I've talked about this recently. I know we, we have the grace of God. Thanks be to God for that grace, that unmerited favor, the thing that, that has been done for us that we don't deserve. But if you want the favor of God, if you want the peace of God, you've got to get the favor of God. So many of us are rejecting that favor. So many of us are just living our life and thinking, I got it, I can do it. I'm, I'm good enough. I've been doing it for this long by myself. But deep down inside, there is no peace. You know how I know? Because you have to put other things in to satisfy. You have to do other things to satisfy. And I'm guilty. Trust me. I'm not, I'm not, I'm talking to myself. I'm looking in the mirror this morning. To experience his peace, you've got to have his favor. So this morning as we kind of get ready to conclude this service we're going to conclude with a very special candlelight service and I, I want to give you these thoughts number one God's light it shines brightest in the dark God's light shines brightest in the dark like I can light this candle that we're about to light in just a minute and if we turned on all the house lights you know how significant that candlelight would feel not much. Not much at all. God's light it shines brightest in the dark. So if 
today you're like, well, I need to get some light on in my life. Today I need to, I need to, um, I need to get some things right before I can come to the light. <laughs> no, that's wrong. God's light, it shines brightest in the dark. That's the way that works. That's the way that is. So like if you're feeling dark today, if you're feeling like everything is caving in around you, if you feel like it's just like you are too far from God to come near to him, his light, it shines brightest in the dark. His voice is clearest in the quiet. God never stops talking. It's just hard to sometimes hear him over the noise of life. And so I just encourage you even now, man, just to begin to quiet yourself calm yourself and say, okay, God, what is it that you want to do in my life, in my darkness? How are you going to light my darkness? And then the second thing is, is once you've experienced that light in this dark world, we've got to reflect his glory. We've got to reflect his glory. Second Corinthians chapter three says, now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the spirit. Like I, I, you can just wipe out all of that and just hear this. Like when God shows up, when his glory is revealed, people will see it. People will know it. People will feel it. So don't hide from that. It's like the little kid's song. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. I'm not going to hide it under a bushel. Man, I'm going I'm to let the whole world see this light. We have to be reflections of His light and His glory. The angels brought the good news to the shepherds who then brought it to the rest of the world. This good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. So what's going to happen over the next couple of moments? So I'm going to start with one candle. Start with just, just one simple candle, and I'm going to come, and I'm going to light my brother Hector's, light my sister Manuela's, and then they're going to, light the people to their right and to the left and behind them and, and we're just going to slowly contemplatively carefully if you have a child with you help them make sure they don't drip wax or hurt themselves but we're just going to quietly and contemplatively reflect his glory with a simple candle before we even do that can I pray with you would you bow your heads close your eyes and, and actually stand with me this morning. Gracious Heavenly Father, we come before you with all of our darkness, with all of our brokenness, with all of our struggle. God, we come before you with um, maybe in the mundane and, and, and just feeling like we're just an insignificant shepherd. But God, I just pray that you'd remind somebody today that the angels brought the message not to the palace not to the temple they brought it straight out to that shepherd's field God and so if, if you're feeling insignificant God wants to use you 
God wants to use you to declare his glory. God wants to reveal his glory through you. He wants you to be a reflector of his glory. So if today you you don't feel like you can light your candle because you have never let Jesus into your life, if today is that day for you, why not even today, even before we light them, even before we spread this, even before we sing the song, why not today, Christmas Sunday 2019 at Renew Church, why not today make a declaration, Jesus, you are Lord. It's a simple prayer of faith. Just like that. Jesus, help. Jesus, be my God. Jesus, be my King. Forgive me of my sins. It doesn't have to be deeply theological. It doesn't have to be deeply religious. It's just a simple prayer that says, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. So save me. With your heads bowed and with your eyes closed, if you want to repeat this prayer after me, I'm going to invite you in just a moment to repeat this prayer. And those of you that are a part of us, that are a part of our, our, our ministry, that are followers of Christ, I want you to boldly declare it. As I repeat it, I want you to repeat it. And those of you, maybe it's your first time, you want to make that declaration, just do that even now. As I pray this prayer out loud, repeat it after me. And this is how it goes. Dear Heavenly Father, let's do it one more time. I need to be able to hear you guys. Let's do it one more time. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to Bethlehem to live a perfect life but to die a criminal's death for my sins. I thank you for this Christmas gift. I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. So Jesus, save me. Come into my life. Be my Lord and forgive me of my sins. I thank you for this Christmas gift. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're going to sing this song. Yeah, yeah, let's give it up. Let's give it up. Somebody made a decision today. If you made a decision today, we want to know about it. I would like to pray with you immediately following the service. I'd like to just connect with you. You can also fill out the connection card. But we're going to sing this song, and uh, we're just going to ask God to bless this final portion of our service.
there's another verse, but um, Steph, will you hold my candle for me? I want to read this to you. It's in Isaiah chapter 9. what it says actually I'm going to back up to Isaiah chapter 8 first of all it says when someone tells you to consult mediums and spiritists you whisper and mutter should you not people should not a people inquire of their God why consult the dead on behalf of the living consult God's instruction and the testimony of warning okay let me let me back up I mean let me scoot up a little bit verse 21 distressed and hungry they will roam through the land and when they are famished they will become enraged and looking upward will curse their king and their god and then they will look toward the earth and they will see only distress and darkness and fearful gloom and they will be thrust into utter darkness okay so this is this is the context for isaiah chapter 9 written hundreds of years before jesus's birth nevertheless okay so you just heard they were going to be thrown into darkness nevertheless there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress in the past he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali but in the future he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan the people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of darkness a light has dawned you have enlarged the nation increased their joy they rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder for as in the days of Midian's defeat you have shattered the yoke that burdens them the bar across their shoulders the rod of the oppressor every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning will be fuel for the fire for to us a child is born for to us a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called wonderful counselor mighty God everlasting father prince of peace of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom establishing it and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this we those those that have been walking in darkness they don't have to walk in darkness anymore why because of you because of your light, because of, of what Jesus wants to do in and through you. So bow your heads and close your eyes with me and let's close in this service. Lord Jesus, we say thank you. We thank you that a light has dawned in the darkness and that's Jesus. God, we thank you that we get to be reflectors of that light, that we get to be image bearers of Christ, that we get to carry the message into a darkened world. And I pray that just as the shepherds did on that lowly night, God, that we would carry your message all across this world. Father God, we say thank you and we love you and we praise you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said together, amen, amen. You may blow your candles out. And let's sing, is there, a last, is there a last verse? Let's sing that last verse together.
Merry Christmas to you. Man, I'm so glad that you came. I'm so glad that you celebrated Christmas with us at Renew Church. We are honored to be a church that cares about you and, and uh, loves this community. And we just, we, we, your candle just got blown out physically, but we want you to, you know, to carry your candle, to light your candle in this world through this Christmas season and on into 2020. Man, we're so excited about 2020. We're excited about what God's doing. We, we're, we're getting ready for our first birthday on January the 26th, and we've got a party that is planned. We're doing a series on stress and getting the stress out of our life, and uh, I hope that you'll come. I hope that you'll invite. It's going to be bigger than our launch. We're, gonna, we're, we're just preparing for an exciting, exciting thing. We, we believe God's going to do great things. In fact, that 21 days of prayer and fasting is a big deal. We're going to be praying and fasting from January the 5th to the 25th, those 21 days leading up to our launch, our birthday, and we want you to pray with us, to fast with us, to be a part of some of those prayer services. It's going to be a powerful time. It's going to be a fulfilling, rewarding, enriching time. Yeah, there may be a little bit of hunger, but honestly, you're going to be satisfied by the, the spiritual fill that uh, is going to come through that. So have a very... Merry Christmas. Know how much my family, my wife, Misty and uh, Emily and Macy, we love you guys. We're so thankful for all that you do. Thank you for calling making Renew Church your home. And uh, man, we just pray that you have a very Merry Christmas. God bless you. Go in His peace. You are dismissed. Pero